Welcome to the Pomona Christian Church Podcast. For more information about Pomona Christian Church, please visit us at PomonaChristian.com or find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Pomona Christian. Well, we are in a new series and the series is Tomorrow. That is the title of the series. And, um, you know, one of the things is it's not about future prognostication. It's not about prophecy, but it's about the things we put off till tomorrow or the things we put off till later, because that's so easy to do in a busy life. Now, let me ask for a show of hands. How many of you would self-identify, would admit to being a procrastinator? Would you raise your hands? Yeah. Now, the real bad ones, they're the ones with their hands down because they're like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, <laughs> I'll answer that later. So the good ones, you got, you got your hands up. So, you know, I think uh, procrastination is so easy. I think that's what the snooze button is all about, isn't it? I mean, that is the definition of procrastination is the snooze button. I never understood that. As bad as I can be at procrastination, I am not a snooze button person. My roommate in college would hit that thing for an hour and it drove me crazy. So, you know, you're going to have to get up. And the worst part of the morning is waking up and hearing the alarm. But some people want to go through that 10 times and like you're either a procrastinator or you're a masochist. You know, it's one of the, the two things, you know, there's no in between, like who wants to put themselves through that torture? We can all be a procrastinator in different situations. I'm sure we can all think of things that something easy we need to do, but it's so easy, I could just do it tomorrow. I don't need to do it now. And it's been that way for a long time. Like I can think of buying clothes. You know, sometimes I notice there's a hole in my sock. Eventually my wife notices there's a hole in my sock and I should probably buy new socks. Well, that's easy. I can buy socks later. The other four toes are still doing great. You know, they're, they're, they're fine. Or one of the dreaded ones, you've got to call customer service about something. It's like, man, how long will they understand anything I'm saying? Well, I'll do that tomorrow. And you probably have something you've been supposed to call, you know, customer service about for a long time. Retail thrives on returning an item. We probably all have some sort of thing you got at Christmas that needs to be returned. And it's great because you'll get money back or something, but you've got to go to that line. And if you notice, there's always like one register for getting money back. There are multiple for giving them money. I think that's a strategy that that they have. But you put off returning it because I just don't want to wait in that line. I forgot to bring it. And by next, the time next Christmas rolls around, you still have that item, and so you just give it away to somebody else. But the big one that's coming up, the procrastination item, taxes. Taxes are coming up, and that is so easy. You know, with things I love to do, uh, you don't have to make me. You know, if it's a beautiful day and somebody wants to go floating and fishing, hey, I'm, I'm ready to go. You don't have to make me. Let's not put that off. Let's get it done. You know, sometimes people that are chronically late, if there's something they have to make on time, they'll do it, you know, when, when, when it's important. It's because we put things off. I think that's what resolutions are all about. It's like, well, it's November and I'm going to be really bad, you know, on eating and everything, so I'll get right in January. It's going to be easier then. 
You know, that's our, our future self. As, you know, I thought if I looked at myself, the stuff I'm going to do in the future, boy, I'd be efficient. I'd be in really great shape. I'd have my future self is really great. It's just going to take a little while to get there. I'll get there tomorrow or another tomorrow. But more importantly, a lot of big decisions come up in life and we just hit the snooze button. We're like, well, I'll wait till I think about that at another time down the road. And so we hit the snooze button. And it's especially true when it comes to important spiritual matters in our life. In fact, things that deal with eternity, we hit the snooze button on the most important decisions that we can make. And if you want a definition, and I'm thinking it's eternity, and we all do it, that these decisions that affect eternity, we hit the snooze button on and move on for temporary things. And, and we often forget, what is eternity like? I mean, it is, well, a simple explanation. It's a long time, you know, eternity. But if you've ever been to the license branch and you see that every chair is full and you have to get it done and you have to wait it out, that's not even a fraction of eternity. You know, we've, we've got eternity and we're putting decisions that affect that and affect others for eternity off. We just hit the snooze button. You know, sometimes people are like, well, you know, when the baby is older and everything lines up, we'll, we'll get back to church and, and be more involved. Well, I really want to learn more of the Scripture, more of the Bible, but of, you know, starting a reading plan, I'll do that some other time, or jumping in a class with other believers, that there will be a more practical time to do that. And we're so used to what we've been doing that it's hard to make the change to what we need to do. You know, many will be, well, I know I'm a regular, but I need to be more involved and find ways to serve or ways to plug in, but I'll do that later. I think we'd all like to be generous, but there will be a time when things line up and, and it's easy to be generous. And we can do that tomorrow. But the big one, and maybe you've sat on this decision or you've been sitting on it, is that the most important decision that we can make, and that is to commit your life to living for Jesus Christ and accepting what He's done for you on the cross. That you know you need to make it, you believe everything, but you just hit the snooze button, you'll do it later. And you don't even know why, you, you just are. There's a hesitation, and sometimes we get so used to putting something off that that's all we do is put it off, even though we know we need to do it. Now, in 1 Kings chapter 18, there's this account when the nation of Israel, and this is the northern part of the nation of Israel, they've been worshiping God, but they've also been worshiping Baal. And they would worship these other gods because they allowed them to behave the way they wanted, but they still wanted God's blessing, and so they would still worship God, and they just kind of did whatever they wanted. And so the prophet Elijah is sent, and it says, Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. You see, he knew that they needed to make a decision, but they wouldn't. They just sat there, well, we're following God, and he says, you can't do both, you have to make a decision. And even when he says that, it says, the people said nothing. 
Uh, like the lyric from a song that says, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Even not deciding, we have made a decision. I, I, people will be, well, I believe and I'm ready, but not now. And so that answer ultimately is no. You know, I know I need to, as we said, connect with God's word but there will be another time. There will be a day it's easier. And so really the answer is no. Well, I know I need the kids involved in, in youth stuff just as they're involved in sports. They need to be involved in church and growing in Christ, but we're so busy. So really the answer for now is no. Or we say, I need to get serious about my spiritual growth. But there will be a time tomorrow down the road when things line up, and the answer ultimately then is no. Now, here's a common thought we often have, is that, you know what, I I believe in God. As a fact, I believe God exists. Maybe even people say, I believe in Jesus and the death, burial, and resurrection, and I just try to live a good life, and I'm going to be comfortable with that. And maybe that decision to accept Jesus is down the road, but that's not how it works. Scripture shows until there's a point in our lives where we accept what Jesus has done for us on the cross and we commit our lives to living for him and accepting what he's done, that we're not saved. It doesn't matter if we believe in God as a fact. Scripture says the demons believe in God, but it's putting our faith and trusting and making that decision. And so what I want us to leave with today is that God has given us the choice to follow Him because He loves us. God loves you no matter what you've done, no matter what's in your past. But He wants us to love Him in return, but He doesn't make us. He doesn't force us to love Him. If you could force somebody to love you without choosing it, it wouldn't be love. Love is a choice. It's a decision to put someone or to put God first above everything else. And that's what he leaves in our hands, is to make that decision. Scripture shows this in 1 Timothy chapter 2. He's talking about, in this context, he's talking about praying for government officials so we may live peaceful and godly lives. But then he says, this is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. We see God's heart. That God wants all men to be saved. If you haven't made that decision, He wants you to make that decision. But He won't force you to. And the problem with decisions is we can put them off. You know, in the Garden of Eden, even with Adam and Eve, God gave them a choice. The one thing that they could do wrong, and that was to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they choose the one thing they weren't supposed to do. And sin entered the world, and there was separation from them and God. God has now made one choice to get back in, and that is to accept Jesus, who took our penalty, who took our sin in our place so that we could be forgiven. But it's a choice. But when you make that decision to accept Jesus, Scripture says that we are in good standing with God. It's as if we've never sinned. Romans 3 says this, this righteousness, and when it sees righteousness, basically that word means 
right, so that's why it's in there, but it also means, you know, it has that sense of we're in good standing with God. How do we get this good standing with God, that we would be prepared to meet Him if we died today or further down the road? It says, this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So it says it comes through faith, through trusting, through that decision. It's not just believing what Jesus did, but it's committing our lives to that. It's putting everything in our lives around that truth and living for it. That starts with a decision to do that. That's called repentance. He says, there is no difference for all of sin and all fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. So being justified means you're being put in that righteous state. It's the process. It's being made right by God's grace. It's a gift. It's a gift that He gives us that comes when we make that decision. And so this is important to understand if you're thinking about that decision, if you know you're needing to make it, that that is the only way we can be saved is is to place our faith and our trust and to make that decision to accept God's gift of what He has done for us. See, there's a place I went hiking uh, several years ago with my son, and we've got a picture of it up here. It's uh, called the Cirque of the Towers, and it's amazing. It's an amazing place. It's a killer hike. On the other side, we debated going to the other side and camping, and then we heard there was some bear activity, and so this kind of area was closed, and we had to hike further, and I was like, okay, we'll just stay on this side. You know, we've, we've kind of seen it, and we'll head back. But, I mean, it's this amazing area. That's just part of it where the, this row of peaks just surrounds this whole area, and it's this very popular place for hikers. But that's the thing. You can only get there by hiking or you can ride a horse, or some people hire llamas to carry their gear because they're really lazy and they don't like animals. You know, so they're like, hey, come here, you, you can carry my stuff. But we knew at this one point, when we take this trail, there is only one path that we can take that's going to get us up there. And if we don't take it, we'll end up somewhere else. And so we took that path, and once we were on that path, We were destined for the destination that we were headed because that's the only place that trail went. And God's plan for us that a relationship with Him, that Jesus would be the path, that that decision is what puts us on the road to our relationship and our salvation with Him. That's why Jesus said, I am the way. Notice He didn't say my teachings are the way, that behaving like I want you to is the way. He says, I am the way, that it's through Him that it's through His blood on the cross. So if you want to end up on the right destination in life and for eternity, you have to get on the right path. Now, when we're up there, you have to understand that through that part of Wyoming, when you drive through on the left side, you'll go by the Grand Tetons and that highway ends up at Yellowstone National Park. So there are people and they drive by this every day and they look up and it's just some dusty mountains that they have no clue what's back in there. And that's how Jesus describes it. He says, you know, uh, wide is the gate and broad is the road. People are missing it. But small is the gate and narrow the path that leads to life. See, over and over, God is laying before us a choice, but we can only make it 
because of what Jesus has done for us. Because he died on the cross, he took our sins in our place. That's why he had to shed his blood, that he took the penalty we deserved and he rose again to show that he has life, and it's only through him. In Deuteronomy 30, before the people are going to enter the promised land, as they leave Egypt and they've been in the wilderness 40 years, there comes this part where they get this reminder. And he tells them before they go in to the promised land, he says, see, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and to keep His commandments, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. You know, God wanted them to have life when he lays these two, this decision and these two options before them. That's what he wanted, but he wouldn't make them follow it. He wasn't going to make them obey, that he gave them the choice as they were entering this land that he gave them that they couldn't provide for themselves. And if you follow the history, you know that eventually they worshiped other gods. They lost the land. They were taken into captivity to be brought back 70 years after that. And we stand at the same place when we make that decision. That when we follow, we make that decision to repent, to obey God's commands because of what Jesus has done for us. We can't earn it. Only Jesus can put us on that path because of his death, burial, and resurrection. It says this in Ephesians 1, And you were also included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So he says he gives us something when we're on the path and we make that decision, that he gives us the Holy Spirit. Spirit that He promised to guide, to strengthen, to instruct us. So everyone, we've all either made or or we're waiting to make the decision to give our lives to Christ. That everyone is making a decision that will affect them for eternity. You're making decisions that affect you, that affect others for eternity. And that's the question, what path are you on? A lot of people think, well, you know what, I'm just going to live how I want, and God, you know, He's just a good guy, and and God loves us, so it's all just going to work out, and there's nowhere in Scripture that describes that picture. Uh, That's nice. It sounds great. Hey, I'll do whatever I want, but that's not really love for God. Well, God loves me, and I just really don't have anything to worry about, and I won't even make a decision. You know, Scripture's clear. We have to accept that gift that He's given us. You know, a growing pop, you know, a growing segment of our society will say, well, there's no God, there's really no afterlife, so I'm just going to do what I want, believe whatever I want, I'm in control. And you know what? That is the most hopeless life that you can live. You can't even live out that worldview to tell your kids, you know, my kids, they really have no meaning. This love really isn't anything. It's just a bunch of chemicals. We're just a product of chance. Nobody can actually live out that viewpoint. 
or the popular one. All paths lead to the same destination. That's a a popular one that sounds so good because no matter what you believe, we don't have to look at any evidence or anything. It's just all paths. You know, try that on your next vacation. You know, put the map, put the phone down. You know, we don't even need a map. We're just going to go whichever way. And you know what? No matter what, we'll end up in Florida. You know, no matter which way we go. We would never do that logically. The thing is, it begins with a decision. Will you choose to follow Jesus and give him your life? That's the thing. If you haven't made that decision, it means, you know, really, you choose the destination. God has paid for the ticket. He's done everything to get you there, but you have to make the choice to come home. You have to make that decision. And a lot of people, when it comes time to make that, it's a big one. So it's just, you know what, I'll hit that snooze button. You know, there's another day that'll work. There's another day that'll be easier. I believe everything, but, you know, making decisions in general is hard. And so I'll just wait for the right time. I'll do it tomorrow. And some say, well, I don't know if I'm ready. Well, what do you need to know? Find out. Work on what you need to know to be ready. Because there are two problems with hitting the snooze button. And one is you're saying no. That's the first thing. And the other is you may miss it. You may not feel that leading again to come to Christ to make that decision. You may miss that opportunity to to do what God wants you to do. Joshua 24 says, but if serving the Lord, and this is when they're getting ready then under Joshua to enter the promised land, he says, but if serving the Lord seems desirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day. And it's like, think about it, get back to me tomorrow. You know, further on down the road, he says, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me, by household, we will serve the Lord. Saying, this is my decision. This is what I'm doing regardless. But he tells them, you need to make a decision. You need to decide what you're doing. And if you're sitting on that, you just need to make the decision one way or another. That's what Joshua says. Now, what's it mean for those of us who have made that decision in the past? Well, it means we help others understand who Jesus is and why this decision is important. It means we strengthen each other. That's why he left, the, left us each other. He left the church to strengthen each other and help others come to know him. That's our job. And that's why the first thing in our mission statement is to share Jesus. That's the most important thing that we can do. Because there's this incredible picture in Revelation, of, of God in Revelation 22, and it says, the Spirit and the bride say, come. Let each one who hears them say, come. Let the thirsty ones come. Anyone who wants to, let them come and drink the water of life without charge. He's saying that's the picture of the invitation he offers us, it is to come freely, to accept what he has given us, to have life through his Son, Jesus Christ. And so if you have yet to make that decision, that's what God wants for you. You know, here at Pomona Christian, we believe the most important decision is that decision you make to follow Jesus. For more information about Pomona Christian Church, 
please visit us at PomonaChristian.com or find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Pomona Christian.